What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your voice has value. And I mean that both figuratively and maybe even literally because today I'm joined by a side hustling couple who have turned their voices into an income stream worth thousands of dollars a month. Dom and Nicole, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thank you for having us. You bet. So today I'm joined by Dom and Nicole Draper from the voiceovercouple.com where they get paid to talk. How cool is that? As professional voiceover artists, they've done work with some of the biggest brands in the world, including Nike, Netflix, and Adobe. And in this episode, we're going to cover how they got their first gigs, how they scaled up their business, and as usual, the broader tactics that you can apply to your own side hustle, whether or not you're interested in voiceover. So maybe, guys, you can kick us back to the early days where the uh, idea, the inspiration came. I got to make some extra money. I think I have a nice voice. I want to get into this. The main thing was, you know, I always had the equipment to do recording. So when we got married, it was like, you know, one of those things that just naturally happened. My wife is an actress. She's always had the musical theater background since college. She's always been in plays. She's just always just been artsy and great. She's a theater geek. Theater sure. geek. Yeah. She's, all right. She sings. She does all that stuff. And on the other end of that, I'm the broadcast guy. So I love radio. I used to pretend I was an announcer as a kid. I like to do the journalism side, all that kind of stuff. So it just made a lot of sense when we got married. Uh, we always were looking for a way to combine our different gifts that we have. And so off of a suggestion from my mother, we checked out uh, Fiverr. We checked out some other online web marketplaces. And she suggested that we give that, you know, that I give, you know, voiceover work a try. So, you know, we created some samples, put them up on Fiverr, started getting our first few little jobs. And then I think about four months later, my wife came along and we got her set up on Fiverr. You know, a separate account for her. Yeah, yeah, separate account for her. So we just realized that we like we both can speak well. We both have a good voice. She brings the acting, which is where I lack in, you know, and I have the more formal speech background. It's just unbelievable how, you know, it just God set it up for us to be able to combine our combine our gifts like that. And this is 2017, 2018 timeframe, these initial Fiverr gigs? I don't yep. know. I feel like, was it like? It was 2017 short, when we started. Like early though, right? Because you started yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple months later, then I started because mm-hmm. it, his mom was really like, you can, you should look into this. And I was working, I was a teacher at the time and I was working. I wasn't really like that interested in it. I do like performing on stage. So as a stage performer, you're not always like, oh, let me get into voiceover, you know, so where no one can see me. Like That's not that fun, you know, until I did it. And I'm like, oh, I think I could do this. So I remember like looking up a script and like it was like a, a radio script. And I remember sitting down and like writing a version of it. And I just remember like, good morning, good morning. It's your girl Nikki in the morning on this hot, beautiful Sunday. I remember like doing that. And I'm like trying to imitate people I've heard on the radio. And so it kind of ended up being a, a, a sample that got yeah. a lot of gigs, right? Yeah, to, to this day. To people, this day. People still like that sample. They, I, t- you know. I totally listened to that one on your guys. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's my first one. Like, and it's super old. You know, it's super old. The mic we use at the time is totally, and you would think we want to take it down and change it, but it's like, no, it's, people seem to like it. People so like can, it. And it was like trash. Our, well, our first like mic was not what it is today. And yeah. our production is not what it is today. But we just use what we had and you know that worked out just did it yep. all right let's talk about those equipment startup costs and then i want to go into the you know those first gigs on fiverr so dom you mentioned you already had some of this equipment from the broadcast radio background and stuff but that's probably not something that people necessarily have lying around their house unless they're already involved with podcasting or youtubing and stuff what have you found effective or maybe the 80-20 for somebody trying to get started in terms of uh, mic equipment, affordability, stuff like that. Yeah. This thing was a godsend. So this mic literally is probably like 15 years old. This mic traveled with me from when I was rapping in high school <laughs> all the way to college, all the way to mar- being married. I've tra- I've had this mic forever. And it was mm-hmm. only maybe a couple hundred dollars at the time. You might be able to get this mic for maybe 150 now. It's an AKG Perception 120. And it's a condenser condenser mic. You need phantom power and all that kind of stuff. 
But it was a for 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 the quality of and the sound quality of the mic. It was Pretty amazing, good. and even to this day, it's still a great quality mic. But that mic was really is what I what we started on, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, for the for the the quality for the price, and for as long as we I've been able to have it, it's an amazing microphone. So I mean, if people want to get into that any type of recording or home recording job or whatever. I mean, in this day and age, I mean, it's amazing. There's so many options out there from USB to dynamic to condenser. There's yeah. so many affordable options to this. In this oh, day. and then I remember you telling me, we just had this conversation the other day about how grateful we are because he was all into f- uh, fantasy football and he got our first interface after winning one of those leagues. So nice. <laughs> he just invested that money back into <laughs> our business. And I remember being so pissed about this. He was in several leagues. But like, thank God he did it and won because it helped us start our career. Very good. I totally do the same thing with like, if I get some surprise money from selling something out of the garage, like it just makes this other thing free that I was probably going to buy anyways. But I love that little mental gymnastics. Well, you guys, what are you speaking into right now? You sound great. Well, right now we're using a Sennheiser 416. Sennheiser is a, uh, we got this mic at the beginning of the year when I probably closed the biggest job I've had so far with Yahoo. And uh, I think once that was when we got our first agent. And then we also realized with having the agents, we were going to be auditioning for much bigger budget projects. So um, Mm -hmm. it made a lot of sense to invest and buy. This mic goes for about, uh, about 900 and 50 bucks online. But you gotta like invest in yourself as you level up. Like you right. can't just stay. We couldn't stay with the AKG. Like we had to like yeah. level up as we progressed in our business. Can yeah. you tell the difference? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, okay. it's super, it's su- it's definitely super crispy for a voiceover actor. And especially right now, we don't have a, a sound booth right away, which we will be getting one at some point. It helps block out any other uh, room noise that may be in the, in the, in the area. Yeah. All right. No, that's, that's cool. I, 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 the reason I ask is I switched from a, an affordable or relatively affordable USB mic. It was the ATR 2100 for the first almost 300 episodes ran this thing. And I was like, okay, 300 episodes in, I'm finally going to treat myself. I'm going to become a professional podcaster. So I got this high <laughs> PR 40 now. And honestly, I don't know if it sounds any different. You don't see the, so, di- the difference. Just, Other people can. So it could be, and especially it could be anything from like highs and lows. Some sound warmer, some sound more high pitched. It also, me, I've always been a lifelong sound guy, even like my churches and stuff like that. So I, right. I'm, I'm nuanced, I guess, in the area. Your ear is kind of trained yeah. for that. So yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So there are some affordable mic options starting probably sub $100 as long as you're in a decently soundproofed room or sound dampening room all the way up to 900, a thousand bucks when you really become serious about this. But let's go back to this first Fiverr gig. Do you remember what you titled it? Do you remember like what the gig was that somebody eventually ordered? My first Fiverr gig was a radio station in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They were promoing a Bone Thugs and Harmony concert. It was a rap concert. Okay. Gosh, those guys are still around. Yeah, they're still yes. around. Yeah, they're still around. They're still they're they're still touring. You know, nowadays with streaming, touring it's opened up touring for everybody. So. Still doing the crossroads. Oh, they're still, yeah, they're crossroads. still out here. Yeah, they're still out here. So I did a the crossroads. I, I did a promo for that, and uh, the funniest thing about that is like what we charged then. Like we had no clue what we should be charging, so we just I'm just super excited to hear myself on a radio station. We got paid. Ten dollars for that. Ten dollars, and and nowadays that that itself, the licensing for itself would be almost two hundred dollars just for the licensing. That doesn't even count the recording of the voiceover. Yeah, but, but at that point we had no clue about what licensing was and right. all that kind of stuff. We had to learn that, thankfully, through other people. But yeah. not it only did we know. sell it for ten bucks, then when you take away what Fiverr took out of it, we really made eight dollars. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but do you feel like you almost have to start there on platforms like Fiverr to build up your social proof and your reviews? and Or, or can you come in and say, you know, it's going to be 200 bucks out of the gate? It all depends how, how good your voice is. I mean, at the end of the day, I would say starting on Fiverr, if you're somebody who has never done voiceover before, is a good way to get a gauge on whether you'll be able to get work. Because if your voice okay. sounds good and you don't necessarily have voiceover training... People will pay for your voice. 
You know what I mean? And if you're if you're good. Now, if you're not a good, if you if you want to do voiceover, but you don't sound great, and maybe you don't know that yet, and then you get on there and nobody's ordering. Well, there's a couple things to look at. Maybe you're not good at voiceover, or maybe your samples sound terrible. Your sound quality could be really bad. It all depends. A lot of people on Fiverr though don't really know what they want. They just know they want a right. voice. So some people you'll get who are new to this and just want a voice on their rap song or something like small. So I feel like it. You know, it depends, but I feel like if you come in knowing, like, at least pretending like you know what you're doing, like you're supposed to be there, it helps. The confidence helps. Yeah, so you guys were able to upload some samples, and it wasn't necessarily even samples of paid work. It was just you reading a script. Just samples we found online. Yeah, you can find find sample scripts on, you know, if you Google sample voiceover scripts, there's fake voiceover scripts that people have created everywhere. Yep. Really? You can just go and grab and... Yep, you can add your own. So I already, I already had the ability to edit audio just from my past anyway. So that also added. Yeah, that there's not a lot of voiceover artists I found out that even know how to edit audio. And sometimes it takes some older voiceover artists that time. takes them a long time or they have to outsource it. The mm-hmm. ability that I had to edit audio using Adobe Audition because I've used it for so long yeah. really like streamlined our process because I can do 10 to 15 auditions a day and kick them out quick. Okay, so that's another skill set that you kind of have to marry here is the acting ability, the nice, <laughs> the nice voice, the equipment, the energy and enthusiasm, and then this ability to post-process the audio once you have it on your machine. And so you, you mentioned Audition. Any other tools or training that were helpful learning the editing stuff? They have Adobe courses. like, And sometimes like I know Apple has, has like free courses that you can take. Apple I, does. I, yeah, I think Apple, Apple does. Like take all the free stuff there is like invest your time in that and yeah. and go to workshops go to i know some of the workshops yeah like free. adobe adobe uh every year has adobe max conference where it's a free conference you can just sign up for and there's like three days of mm-hmm. online sessions in every <clears throat> software program that they they offer so I mean, or just pay for the conferences that are there. Yeah. They're not they're not like expensive, but just you have to invest in yourself if you're gonna do it. Yeah, I would definitely say for that skill set of editing, check in with Adobe and check out like Udemy and all the different places that offer free quick courses that you can learn to edit yourself in. Right. That's something I should have done in the early days of the podcast and the audio on those first probably couple hundred episodes is a little bit a little bit rough before I found professional <laughs> editing. Be, I would just like amplify everything, like rather than you know hitting compress or something. I was like, why is this not the same? Like, okay, we'll just amplify it. Like, mm, just blow out people's earbuds. You learn as you go. Nicole, do you remember your first gig or your first paid gig? I remember doing starting off doing a lot of church announcements for like churches who just you know wanted a consistent voice. Um, what else? I don't really remember. I just uh, remember yours. It was super. It was super small too. Though. It was like ten dollars as well. It, yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's yeah. all I know. What it, whatever it was, it was cheap. Um, and normally, like for nonprofits and stuff, we don't charge a ton anyway. Um, of course, our prices are still more, but like we don't do licensing if it's a church announcement, right? You know. Yeah. So I know we we didn't really lose out there, but the the word we still lost. Cow, we lost. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying on the yeah. licensing, we yeah. don't have to license. So what is licensing in the context of voiceover? How does that work? So licensing in the context of voiceover all depends on usually when we get an order, we ask the person what their usage is. So on Fiverr, you're going to mainly get a lot of things like local stuff, people using it for their social media, people using it just for, you know, their own personal brand or business or whatever. So we charge for that would be something like commercial licensing. Commercial licensing would be for internet and social media only. So like, that would be if you're going to use it on your Facebook, your Instagram, your website, we give commercial license for that. So there's a fee for that. That's usually cheaper than something if somebody's going to use it on the radio. So if somebody says, I'm going to use it in the radio market, well, then there's a fee for that. And what we use is there's a site called the GVAA, the Global Voice Actors Association. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they give, it, thank God it was created because it's amazing. They give a, a rate sheet breakdown of different genres and what you should be charging for licensing based off of that. So a lot of times we use that as a guide 
but every company, every creative direction company, their their budget mm-hmm. is different. So when we quote, they'll say, okay, that's fine. Or sometimes they'll say, uh, can we adjust this and that? But normally the licensing is based off the coverage area. So if it's a local yeah. radio show that your advertising is only covering a certain one market, then we'll charge a certain race for that. But if it's global or national, it's a much bigger fee because more eyes and more ears are going to be on it. Right. Same with TV. Yeah, I was going to say TV too. Yeah. I, I did a TV commercial and the license, oftentimes the licensing is more than the actual work. Yeah, that's where the money is really at in voiceover right. is the licensing. Interesting. And do you have a, an example of what the licensing maybe should have been for that original Grand Rapids spot and how that might compare to a national TV spot? Right. So we paid, we charged that guy $10. Now for that, I would say if it was like a hundred words, we would charge closer to $200 because the licensing for that area, Grand Rapids, it being, it's not a major market. It's a local market. And and it also the other part of licensing is the term. Mm-hmm. Is it going to run for three months? Is it going to run for six, six months? months? Is it going to run for a year? Because you you'll have jobs that you do work for and then a year goes by and they like it, they'll come back and just pay you again. Yep. And you don't have to do the work again. You just get paid another licensing agreement to extend that contract. I think Adobe did that with you, right? Yes. Something Adobe that you did, did that. a while ago. Right. And it's like a surprise. Like, hey, yeah, nice you surprise. forget that you do it. And then they come back like, hey, we want to use this and renew this. Okay. Right. <laughs> so that licensing agreement for Grand Rapids would have been 150 as opposed to $10 for the entire order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's a way to turn what is in my mind, a, you know, hours for dollars, like I'm selling this skill, I'm providing this service as a one-off thing, but, oh, this licensing piece gives you the potential for some residuals down the road if they end up renewing that or expanding the geographical reach or something. Yep. And even like I'm doing a, well, I did a Netflix or Pure Flix series. It's kind of like the Christian version of Netflix for children or something Mm -hmm. popular within, you know, the community. And Okay. They, the guy said, okay, there might be another season of this show. So, you know, we'll reach out to you if there is for your character, whoever you played like. So that that there's always possibilities to make more money. Once yeah. you get a gig, it just can multiply depending on how things go. Yeah, there's a lot of aspects of the voiceover industry to get money. There's direct marketing, reaching out to people, finding, getting people's emails. There's a lot of money we've made just by seeing a, a person's name on another project and me just saying, hey, As this, a is, journalism this is who we are. <laughs> you know, we're the voiceover couple. And just as having that dynamic sets us apart sometime, it's intriguing <laughs> to people that there's a husband and wife team that are doing this. And do you end up getting a lot of gigs that are both of you on the same track or the same uh same spot we've done it a few times it's not something we've done a lot of we did like a political spot for that and then but that's we've only maybe done it a couple times professionally okay like paid gigs but i I would say that just us having i think creative directors having that option to say i can send them an audition and get both sounds and like the TV commercial when they oh wanted, yeah <laughs> they wanted so, I think what they said so it like to you. so the TV commercial that Nicole got I had got that on Voices.com and they actually they shortlisted me for it I auditioned for it and they said oh we want you for it and then when I told them they were like oh well why don't you just have your wife do the uh, sample just because we just to hear what a female voice sounds like on it and yeah. then they ended up hiring her for <laughs> it girl power. So, <laughs> so, they were like, oh, we hope you're okay with us just hiring your wife. I said, at the end of the day, we have the same bank account, same so bank whatever. <laughs> and then how about on the, like, a national TV spot? What would a licensing agreement look like on that? It can literally be all over the place. Yeah, a, nas- a national, the Yahoo one that I did, it was not even fully national. It was more targeted areas all over the country. But that was only through um, streaming. So that was only on, like... Uh, YouTube, paid advertising, Spotify, Pandora, all those Hulu, stuff like that. And I got paid 10 grand just for those spots and maybe like an hour and a half um, session. a session. You know, so that was my biggest job that I was like, you know, it was kind of like, whoa, well, you know what this. I mean? Like, there's a lot to this. <laughs> right. um, yeah. 10 grand for an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Yeah, a national spot can get you anywhere from five. Mm-hmm to 20 to you know it, it depends also on what they want to use it for if they want to do worldwide which is even the next step 
if you're doing a, a worldwide campaign, that could be 25, 40, 50 grand. You know what I mean? And also there's also exclusivity. You got to make sure in the voiceover industry not to sign contracts that uh, are in perpetuity because there's a lot of them. You got to be careful not to, you know, sign your name and they own your voice forever and can do whatever oh, yeah, they want with it. That's what you got to be careful with. And like then, AI. yeah. And then, and then the whole, the whole thing with exclusivity is if you do a job for when you're looking at the contract and they're paying you all this money, but then it says you can't do tobacco companies for two years. Right. You have to make sure that that money you're being paid is worth it because you can't, that means you can't take any tobacco work for two years or you can't take hmm. sports drinks. If you're doing Gatorade, you can't do Powerade in two years. You know what I mean? They don't want that, those crossing. Yeah. that makes sense from that standpoint. So be careful, Re- read the fine print and all this stuff. Yeah, definitely read the fine print. I did find my first voiceover and I'm quite disgusted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How much I charge? It was $10. But it's something about Michigan because my first voiceover was from Michigan from an annual summer event in the urban community. Okay. So I charged $10 for it. And it was like for a, an event for a church. Yeah. So that was my first. It was July 17th, 2017. Or July 18th. <laughs> they were going to turn around and promote it on the radio? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's a radio promotion. Still to come in this episode, Dom and Nicole's journey from $10 gigs on Fiverr to $10,000 voiceover jobs and the marketing strategies that earn them consistent auditions. But first, let me take a moment to thank our sponsor, FreshBooks.com. Dom, Nicole, and I will tell you, there's a lot to love about creating your own income streams, but trying to figure out your financials on your own as a new entrepreneur probably isn't one of those things. Luckily, this is where FreshBooks comes in. FreshBooks is the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for side hustlers, service providers, and business owners like you. FreshBooks takes all of the not-so-fun parts of running a business, like building and tracking invoices, managing online payments, and organizing your expenses, and it automates them and simplifies them with features like the new digital bills and receipt scanner. All told, consistent FreshBooks users report saving up to 11 hours a week on their bookkeeping and accounting tasks. I've been a FreshBooks customer for years. This is the tool I rely on when I need to invoice clients or advertisers. Plus, if I ever have any questions, I know their award-winning Rockstar support team is standing by to help out. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial. And let me know, what are you going to do with those extra 11 hours a week? When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, let's talk about this journey from from Fiverr and these $10 gigs to this $10,000 gig? Like what were the steps to level up and go after these bigger and better clients? I mean, really it took me having to, you know, my wife really pushing me to quit my job and to really grow the business. And my wife was like, this business is not going to grow to what it could be with you working a 40 hour job and coming home at night because we were getting enough work on Fiverr. We saw the potential of what we were making uh, on Fiverr yearly. And we were just doing voiceover work when we got home from, from work. So we're working nine to five days, coming home and doing voiceover work at nighttime, which was fine. But, you know, once we realized how much money was out there, it was kind of like, I she knew I needed that time to grow the business, to do direct marketing, to get the website where it needed to be, to make sure everything was uh, was good to go. And 
about a year and a few months ago, last March 2021, I left my job and yeah. um, it's really been, uh, you know, kind of upward from there. So it takes a lot of perseverance. It takes a lot of just, you know, reaching out and talking to people. I will say the biggest thing for me and my wife is the VO community. The community itself, I think you could say. Yeah, they've you know, been so gracious. Like they've been so helpful. There's work for everyone. It's like everyone can eat out here. There's no competition. Know? It doesn't and, feel well, like there's that. competition. It's competition. But it doesn't feel like right. It, it people don't feel competitive toward each other. Right. Like right. people are um, apt to help you when you ask questions. And I know a person, um, Gina Scarpa, like she is just an amazing person. She was already in the field as a voiceover actor and she just reached out to us and like adopted us pretty much. <laughs> like I yeah. would say. She's like our mentor and pretty much walked us in how to, how to, how to make sure our demo sounded right. Yeah. How to make sure who to talk to, how to get into this, what conferences to and go to. And she didn't want anything. Like she didn't want any money she didn't want any like nothing so it's just like we feel compelled to also give back like that for people who are trying to break into the industry that also have the potential you know to kind of just like be there for people who ask questions or you want to know we offer consultations and stuff so yeah get plugged into the community is is a good way to basically is to learn from other people there's so many online the voice actors of ny was a big one that helped us um, there's so many different conferences, whether it's the Atlanta Voiceover Conference, the Evocation Conference, which is coming up, coming up in yeah. June, uh, the in middle yeah. of June. That's the first one we did. That one was huge for us. I would say that was the turning yeah, that point. Was the first one, right? Yeah, that was a turning point of our yeah. business, and it was all online. Three, two days of sessions and for beginners to advanced, but just the the meeting the community there. People were able to give us feedback mm-hmm. on our website right. and let us know like that our website was a hot mess. So I had to, you know, from that, I literally went and redid the website based off of other people's suggestions and what was standard. And from there, we've got, we get consistent hits on the website every day. Yeah. Just from From all over. From all over the country. So all over the world. Outside of you internationally. Well, how do you think people are finding the site? I use Wix to build our website, but, uh, and it walks you through the SEO process, which I love. So it helps me literally figure out how to, you know, optimize everything so that people can find it and, you know, use the keywords correctly. And it, it, it I went through the whole process of setting it up and it's been great. So that's really going to be your key for right. like, people finding you. Yeah. And then for voiceover artists, I had to realize that I didn't need a website with a bunch of, I had like smoke in the background and it was like, <laughs> it was way too cluttered. It was. There was too many pages to go to. And I just, they were like, listen, you want everything on one page, Less all your more. your clients, all your your work, all your demos, put it on one page so that a, when an agent gets there, they can just see everything. Agents, you yeah. know, agents are like you think they are in the movies. They're the guys that are always on the phone. Like, you know, they don't have time to be searching through your website. <laughs> Filtering through tabs and tabs <laughs> right. and tabs. Um, one thing I will say about quitting your job is like, don't be too quick to do it. The only reason why, and we had worked for about three or four years before we decided, like, yeah. all right, I think it's time. Yeah, there was progression. And I still have a job yeah. with benefits. It's important because as an entrepreneur, it is hard, like, for he- to get health care. I wish that were different, you know, to get health care and the benefits that you really need to go to the doctor if you're sick. Right. Um, and we have an, a, a baby and, you know, another one on the way. We're like, okay. So, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we need health care right now, you know. So, yeah. And the marketplace is expensive when you go out to the marketplace. So, just have a plan before you decide to quit. And just have a backup. Dom could go and get a job in telecom still to this day. He has a skill. He'll never lose that skill. And he'll be able to go and get a job. You know, so that's the good thing about it. You always want to have a backup plan, have a plan B, but still bet on yourself. And that's like, that's what we did. We didn't know what this would lead to. Yeah, you had just enough traction to say, look, there's something here. And with an extra 40 hours a week to dedicate to it, I think we could get it to a a little bit more substantial level. And then, like you said, what's the realistic worst case scenario? I'll go back and get another job. It's not going to, it's not going to go away. Nicole, do you, do you foresee it becoming a full-time thing? Is that the end goal? I really see a lot of crossover in my work currently where I am and what I do on a daily basis as a voice actor. Our goal, one of our goals is to help provide generational wealth for people of color. For families of color, like we don't have what, you know, our 
white counterparts have. Like we, we want to build that for our families, especially like to get out of that cycle of yeah. poverty. And I think that a lot of people don't know that this is an option because um, representation matters. Like who have you seen as a voice actor? Like you don't see voice actors, you hear them. You know what I mean? So even that, it's like seeing that we do this is, you know, inspiring for the kids to say like, oh man, maybe I can do that too. So that's that's our, our future goal is to mm. do something in that realm, crossing over my literacy um, work with right. voice, voice and then And also black voices, African-American voice over acting is exploding in general, just because it's not acceptable anymore to have people of oh, other gosh. races playing other races. Oh, it's, it, it, unfortunately, that's just happened with <laughs> oh, my the God, last was this a thing? I, why, I, I don't know why I should be surprised, but yes. <laughs> well, no, it, it was a thing because you look at like, even though like recently in the last couple of years, it really started with the pandemic, but you look at like Family Guy, a guy, the guy who played Cleveland for years was, for Seth, years. was, was Seth MacFarlane, you know. He, really? He's a white oh, guy, I yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so they finally went and 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 hired another guy who did his voice just so as well, a black many guy. Instances, yeah, but and it Netflix. really shocks you. I mean, even like the 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 show that my son loves so much. There's a character on there, and I'm like, this is a black woman. Let me. I want to see who voices this character. It is like a British white woman. I was like, oh my god, what kind of? But they ended up changing the character and. Pre and um, seasons right. later, because it's no longer acceptable to do that, you know. So, yeah, I don't know why I should be surprised to some of this stuff goes on, but <laughs> but I guess that's good news for for you two to be able to come in and provide those voices. Yeah, yep. for sure. What's a day in the life look like today? Is it trying to see what requests, proactive requests, have come in? You know, on the website overnight? Is it trying to look at auditions on some of these marketplaces. What's, is it looking at Fiverr gigs, trying to optimize that stuff? What's going on? It all depends on what the, the day's task is. So, you know, a lot of it is mostly auditions is like an everyday thing, or tr we try to make it an everyday thing. That's the biggest thing is looking at, you know, what current work that we have, what direct clients need work done. So it's balancing doing auditions, it's balancing delivering work that is currently needs to be recorded. Fiverr orders that come in, the deadlines of those things, also marketing and being able to do the social media aspect of stuff. But um, a lot of it, when you first sit down in the chair, is doing auditions and getting those out the door because the earlier you can get the auditions in, the better chance you have on getting the work. Too. Right. That's true. How are those coming into your inbox or getting on your radar? Uh, we have two agents. So um, they both send us auditions daily with whatever they get in from their cli uh, the clients that they have. And then Voices.com is a website that we use where you have to pay a yearly fee, but you have the ability to get much higher paying work. So Voices.com is where we really started to see the budget increases. They're mm -hmm. like a step up from Fiverr. But they only do voiceover work. It was like 400 bucks a year or something. Yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. There's different tiers. I think we pay five, four, five hundred dollars a year. Okay, and we get auditions. We audition through work that's posted on there. So of course, you go on there, you say what your, you know, whatever your voice sounds like, your your you know your ethnicity, all that kind of stuff, male, your age frame, all the different voices you can do, and then you audition for work through there. Yeah. So we both do that. Voices one, two, three is another one. It's the same type of thing. Uh, people post work. Uh, you can also get private auditions. So people on Voices and Voice123 can find you specifically and reach out. Is there a fee for Voices123 as well? Um, yes. Okay. But what's what's a typical gig that you might get through one of those platforms? It could be anything. I just did a spot for U.S. Foods, a radio spot. Um, that was like, uh, it was probably 400 bucks. The Singapore Air Force? Um, I just did one that I haven't uh, released yet. I'm releasing it today or tomorrow. For the Singapore Air Force, that was really cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was like customers all over the world. Yeah, yeah well, they're only it's only going to show in Singapore. Sure, but it's a commercial for their Air Force, so basically like a, a hype commercial to get people to recruit for the Air Force. That's okay, cool. I just recently did um, someone I like literally just did on on Voices. Uh, you did one for oh, it was like a PSA it was a for PSA. like. Uh, Fire for nine one one. For nine one one. Yeah. Um. For like Georgia, was it Georgia? I'm not sure. Houston. Houston. Something oh, like okay. that. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um. 
So just stuff like that. You know, oftentimes a lot of people don't go for the 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 voiceover auditions that maybe don't look like they pay as much. But my strategy is like you get more volume than just the 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 job itself. Am I saying it right? Like you go for the ones that okay, like no, it looks like nobody wants because it looks like the budget's low or whatever, but it's it's not. I mean... Yeah, it kind of depends. It depends on the usage. You know, everybody on there is going to go for the bigger budgeted ones. Yeah, but then there's more auditions to, like, fight for than your, okay, there's only six responses on this. Let me just do this one and hope yeah. I get it, you know? And also, I make I usually make the, the decision based on all, what they're offering and what they want. So if they want... If they want a bunch of words, they want a thousand words for a hundred bucks, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? Or if they want uh, all this stuff. So I usually base what I do on voices on based on, you know, does it fit my voice right away? So anything that's asking for an African-American male and like that, I'm going to do right off the bat because that's going to be the ones that fit the most. And then from there, I usually look at the higher budget ones, like the Gatorade one I told you about. That was Voices.com. And that was 150 people that auditioned for it. And it came down to meet another guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, the screen when you see it. So just so you never know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and so it'll, be, it'll show you how many other people have applied for this thing or have submitted their auditions. So you kind of know how, if there is already a hundred people, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> hundreds, not, like hundreds not terrible, but when you see like, 300 people, 200 people was of audition. It's like, eh, do I want to waste my time? Okay. Or maybe I just... Really, technically, the lady said in the conference, once you get up to like 76 people, they like pass by it. But, yeah, sure. but I still, I, you know, it depends on what it is. I've gotten jobs from jobs that yeah, have a I lot. Have too, yeah, and, and And yeah, you may, you may, uh, sometimes people assume that not everybody's going to go through all the auditions, but a lot of times these companies will go through all the auditions. So, so they have yeah. a person specifically for that. If, if it fits my voice and it seems like I could be good for it, I'm going to audition for it. Okay. Do you have a sense of the take rate or conversion rate from submitting these auditions? Like how out of every 10 auditions that I submit, I'm happy if I book one job or something. Like, I don't know what a typical take rate would be. The rule of thumb in the, vo- in the voiceover industry is to just send it and forget it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you get in your head thinking about how many auditions you have and who's how many jobs you're getting, it can be overwhelming and you can get discouraged. I used to be obsessed over it and like literally had to say like, all right, just yeah, just, just send it. it. You do audition, you audition. And then we realize, you know, we're making enough money for it to be uh, substantial enough. So, right. I mean, I, I could tell you right now, my ratio on voices is like 39 to one. So like about 39 auditions to one booking on, that's what it says on voices, but you get, you and know, they're shortlisting. Yeah, so like you know, I get shortlisted for a lot mm-hmm. of stuff too. So that at least gives you a gauge of what of how well you're doing. I've done 628 auditions and been shortlisted for two 123. But if you're getting shortlisted, that's a good okay. sign that you're on. That's a good sign that you're on the right path. Okay, those are gigs that you didn't necessarily win, but they liked you enough to star your star your name, star your audition. Exactly. And that means that they can go in that there and see that at any time and say like, oh, you remember this guy? I like this voice and use you for something else. So being shortlisted is still a good thing. It's still not like a, right. you know. Yeah. But this is the, and I'm glad you brought this up. This is the unglamorous, unpaid part of the job. Those 38 auditions that didn't pan out. Maybe you got shortlisted. Maybe it leads to something positive down the road. But in the near term, it's like, ah, these aren't paying the bills. But hopefully that one that you did, you know, right. erases yeah. all of those in terms of hourly rate and it still makes exactly. it worthwhile. And that's why it's important to get good at the editing aspect because I can kick out 10 auditions in an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. I can kick out 10 to 15 auditions if you're good at actually, you know, booking. And at the end of the day, I I want more and more agents to continue to send me auditions. I'll spend all my days auditioning because that's how you're going to get most of your work. Yeah. If you're a good voice, you're going to get the you're going to get work at the end of the day. And all it takes is a couple of really nice jobs to set you up for the next couple months mm-hmm. to be able to keep doing it. So, yeah, this is the kind of you know, I would equate it to going and sourcing inventory if you're in a thrifting business or flipping for profit business. Or this is the the content creation side. If you're in the blogging or online business side, it's like, well, I'm not getting paid in the near term, but I'm putting in the reps, I'm putting the stuff out there, and I know something is going to hit. You mentioned having a couple agents. I'm curious how you ended up connecting with them and how that relationship works in terms of feeding you guys auditions and, and work. 
So one of them was, it literally was just me finding a link on Instagram, uh, Cecilia Siegel. She's, she's not technically an, a VO agent. She's a VO manager, right. but she has a lot of relationships. She basically works like a VO agent. She sends auditions through her company and we're listed on her roster. She facilitates meet, um, all types of workshops and stuff, but she has relationships with a lot of casting directors and agencies. So they, they, they submit work to her and then they, um, were on her roster. So she sends us, uh, daily, usually, um, auditions as they come in. So whether okay. it's from big companies, whatever, we get them from the casting companies and then she sends them to us. Okay. And that was just a matter of reaching out versus uh, via private message. Yeah, that was literally um, this guy, a voiceover artist named Stefan Johnson, who's super popular on Instagram and TikTok. He's also funny as well as a uh, a VO artist. Um, his man, he had her link on his page as her manager. And when I went to her page, she offered free 15 minute phone calls. So I just booked one yeah. and got into the conversation, told her who I was. She looked at my website. She was like, I love you guys. You guys sound great, blah, blah, blah. And usually for voiceover work, for, for beginner voiceover people, she would have them go through like a, a, a three-week intensive branding course. But since our branding was already set, she immediately invited us onto her roster to be on her roster to get auditions. So that was our first person that uh, was giving us auditions. And that's who I booked my big Yahoo job through. Okay, uh, and that was like within first two weeks of meeting her, I booked that big Yahoo job. Nice. Yeah. So it was like, oh my god, you know, that was the power of direct marketing of really just reaching out, and not being scared to say, "Hey, I'm here." Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and we call this kind of the buy buttons strategy, whether it's going on Fiverr, whether it's going on Voices.com, Voices One Two Three, partnering with these different agencies, it's trying to get in front of your target customers where they're already doing business with. And if I'm Nike, or if I'm Adobe or Yahoo, like I'm probably not going on Fiverr to find somebody. I probably have a marketing agency. There's like a lot of layers in between, you know, the brand director, the marketing director, and then you people doing the work. It's like, okay, how do you find, you know, someone along that food chain that can help feed you, you know, hopefully, hopefully get you in front of the decision makers. But I will say though, I was going to say, you'd be surprised. We booked some, yeah, we booked some names on Fiverr. I did my Nike gigs off of Fiverr. Really? Yeah, Some people so, are real sneaky and they know. It depends, though. <laughs> the Nike gigs we did off of Fiverr are case study work. So the, the case study work is not like Nike for their national commercials or their, commer- their actual online content is not going to go to Fiverr yeah. necessarily. But we work with a company out of Brazil who partnered with Nike for case study work. And that's who we did the Nike Brazil ads with. And they did their voiceover work on Fiverr, but also Nicole did the Netflix job. That I mean, that came from the same relationship. Right. Also, Raising Cane's, you just did uh, Raising Cane's Chicken, got her for some radio stuff off of Fiverr. There are some. People there is some that big brands that there. lurk on there. Especially they l- lurk is the right word, <laughs> <laughs> especially for the especially for the internet stuff. Because you're like, Wait. okay, because they don't have to use union actors for stuff that's you know their social media and all that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. What, what's this agency in Brazil? You had to do this thing in Portuguese or this was just another another avenue to go and get business? So Brazil does a lot of, even though it's they do stuff in Portuguese, they still, when they submit to festivals and stuff, they actually are doing it in English. So like, you know, that you have the Cannes Film Festival, you have the Clio Awards. These are big marketing uh, award shows that happen every year that hand out awards to different marketing agencies for their brand awareness videos and all that. Okay. So 
this company is known for that and they do a lot of that stuff. That stuff needs, they like it to be in English. And also Black Voices is a, uh, they're super popular in Brazil. Yeah. So, you know, we actually have done work with three other Brazilian agencies just from our work with them because our voices are popular within that market. Is it a matter of just Googling up marketing agencies and trying to get on a preferred vendor list for their voiceover talent? It could. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it takes that. that. Yeah, I've Googled marketing agencies. Uh, like, you know, I, one way I used to do is on Voices.com, there used to be a way to see if there was a job posted, you could see who posted the job and you used to be able to click their name and it would tell you the name of their company. So I would literally go Google these people, find their LinkedIn, find their email, find their their the the, the marketing company, and send them an email. Okay. Now that's technically it's not it's it's, it's not it's kind of against it's Voices not, doesn't want you preferred. doing that. They want you to stay within Voices, obviously, so that they can make their money. Mm. So they've actually shut that down. Now I can't click on I those names you. anymore <laughs> because you know they don't technically they don't always want people Everybody reaching does. out to their clients but it's worked out sometimes there's some people that have said hey i would love to work directly with a you a lot of people do that cuz they don't like the way that voices or other companies do stuff and they're like it'll be a lot easier if we just yeah so this is one you know it all it all depends you can market through there you can market through the internet i mean really instagram social media facebook there's you just have to be able to know where to look to find emails. I think it's the way you do it too, because some people don't like cold calling or like yeah. cold emails or whatever. You just got to be like really intentional and specific about what you want. So if it's like, Hey, I saw that you have an audition, da, 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 that's one thing. But like, hi, I'm Nicole. I'm a part of the voiceover couple. And we're da, da, like, they don't right. want that. Right. Okay. So trying to figure out an in that's not totally cold, totally spammy. <laughs> Yeah. The way that I reach out to people is like, you know, you know, my name's Dominic Draper. I have this, you know, this company called The Voiceover Couple. And that's and that's what I think in endearing people to who we are. Put some pictures is, in is there. The, is the first is the first <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're a team. We provide this. I'm not, you know, I've seen your work online. We love what you guys do. If there's any way we can partner or be added to your roster, please let us know. So it's like, you know, not a ton of extra stuff. Here's links to our thing. And then that's it. That's like, it. don't keep and emailing. <laughs> you may or may not, you may not get a, you, you may send out a hundred emails and 75 people may not respond to you. If you get 10, yeah, you get 10, three, four, it doesn't matter. All that can mean money in the future. Yeah, I, would, I was doing the same thing with a proofreading business that I ran several years ago. It was like trying to get on the, get on the radar, get on the preferred vendor list of people who had self-publishing courses and it's like, okay, how can I get on this Rolodex of recommended editors or proofreaders? And in some cases, it's as simple as that. Send in that email, maybe send a sample of your work, maybe you don't. Maybe you just say like, I am a decent English student. <laughs> I don't know what else were the qualifications there. I was going to ask if you guys ever mess around with uh, ACX or uh, audiobooks and narrating those. Man, so... <laughs> You we, see our faces. Yeah, <laughs> we've done some ACX, so we've done a, a, a couple things. But I, audiobooks, I did one, and I'll never do it again. I just, it's just not really my thing. You it's got, not. You got to be into it. The editing time is extensive. Well, that's the thing. I would like to get into children's literature specifically. Yeah, that's different. So if it's a children's book, if it's, okay. I've done that, if, yeah. if it's but not through. Yeah, children's book is quick, but like the market for audiobooks isn't the same for like commercial. So. I spent, like I said, that Yahoo's, I spent an hour, maybe two hours total of work. And really they did the, they did the editing mostly on that because they're, those big companies have their own editors. Yeah. So I don't even, I, the bigger the job is, the less work I usually have to do because they have their people that run that. But I, with audiobooks, I mean, it could be a 150,000 word book and the price is like the, really the market for something like that is 2,500 bucks. And that's not worth it for me Mm-mm. for 150,000 words. Per finished hour. Oh my God. Yeah, it's per um, finished hour instead of per word. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot it's of too much. It's it's a lot of reading, a lot of editing time. Yeah, oh my God. And, and you know, with editing, you know, I'm, when I'm doing a voiceover or you're doing a voiceover, we're like, you know, we mess up. You know what I mean? So most of the time, you don't stop the recording. You just keep recording until you get it right and go back and chop it out. Yep. With audiobooks, if I'm reading 10 yeah. chapters, What's that time take for me to go in and, and, and edit out all my mess ups? Well, gonna... Some people have their own in-house editors. So oh, yeah. We can't say that we would always be responsible for it. 
It's oh, just still, that's a whole other thing. It's just still, even it offer raw files of it, there is still some editing that we would have to do on our end. At least getting rid of mistakes or mess ups or whatever. It depends. Yeah, I don't. That's why I don't want to do. Uh, it depends who you're working with. Books. I say it depends who you're working with. That's not to discourage people who want to do audiobooks, but it just know who you're working with. Know what they'll they're going to require from you. Yeah, that's some people are into that. I've met you know the voiceover people at conferences that you know they love. Some people just do audiobooks because yeah. they that's how they work. And they have pseudo names like like fake names and stuff for so. like romance novels. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There was a profile in my uh, 1K100 Ways book where the woman was getting started in voiceover with audiobooks. And one of the auditions that came up was a cookbook. And she's like, there's nobody going to be auditioning for this cookbook. She's like, one cup flour, one cup sugar. (laughs) It's just like, see, I might do that. (laughs) And she's like, I got the gig. You know, it's like, who's buying an audio cookbook? I know. Maybe, I mean, people who are visually impaired, you know, maybe. maybe so. I don't know. I remember doing my, because I've done most of my own audiobooks for my books, and it is a slog. And even sometimes you find yourself retaking that same sentence because you messed it up like six times. You're like, apparently this was a really hard sentence to read. Maybe I should go back and just rewrite this. And I find myself, but yeah, I find myself catching typos and stuff that I missed, you know, the first round. It's like, okay, so it's it's a worthwhile exercise and having the podcast I feel like it's worthwhile for listeners to you know hear the voice but it is a slog i would do 10 pages 20 pages and then like okay i gotta give my voice a break and then go back i know to the that there. too yeah is there such thing today so audiobooks not worth it in your opinion <laughs> um is there such thing as a typical rate per i guess it's a per word rate or you know rate per hundred words today that you, from the gigs you guys are doing so they, uh, it all depends. I think we started at uh, twenty cents a word on Fiverr, yeah, which was really low. It was just low, and then I think we're now we're about fifty, fifty cents a word, about fifty cents a word now. So a uh, hundred word voiceover is about fifty bucks to start, and you know, and then you know, and that's kind of pricey. But people, I mean, it's not it's not really pricey. I mean, fifty bucks if you need a hundred dot word voiceover and you're using it for something that's not super. You're not using it on a radio. I mean, fifty well, bucks no, ain't I'm terrible. Saying, like, so we have a a consistent person who I do their church announcements. Yeah. So something like that, where it's like a hundred words, church announcements. They're not selling anything. They're not doing anything with it. Yeah. Not even putting it on their website, kind of thing. That would be like what? Fifty bucks. 50 bucks. If it's a hundred words. Yeah. yeah, like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's it's not terrible. Nope. Yeah, I'm thinking a hundred words is probably less than a minute spoken. And so it's just, you know, you bang that out, bang out the editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And that, and that's when we realized, I mean, even with something, that's a smaller job. So if you can bang that out in five minutes, five, 10 minutes, that's 50 bucks you made in five, 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. That's a pencils out to be in a fantastic hourly rate. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and then if somebody wants something special with editing, so you can factor that into the cost as well. So if they want like, Oh, I want some echoes or I want some, you know, a sound effect or whatever. And you charge them for that too. Yep. That's the thing about Fiverr is you make your money from ad- doing add-ons. So then you have your base price for Word. 24 hours. Right. But if they want a wave file, you can upcharge for that. If they want it in 24 hours, if they want it quicker than 24 hours, if they want, they you know, split files, special editing, if you want me to add music behind it. Video if you syncing. Want me, right, video sync. Some people want us to do the voiceover and then add it to their actual v- created video that's already done. Now, not every voiceover artist has that ability, but we do have that skill right. because I've used uh, Adobe Premiere Pro in the past. So. Right. And this is where, at least that I've seen, there are always opportunities for new sellers on Fiverr because the most popular people, the most well-rated people, end up getting booked up. And so if you're a new seller, you come in with a quicker turnaround time or something that, you know, because they might be booked out, you know, three weeks. So it's going to be a while for me to deliver this thing. It's like, well, I kind of want that instant gratification. I want it now. So there's always room for people to come in and and do that. I was going to ask you guys for when you're talking with new people, getting interested in voiceover, what are some of the common misconceptions that people have about the industry that might uh, prevent somebody from having success? I think the biggest misconception is that everybody can just do it. Like you can just 
everybody can be a voiceover artist. I think the biggest thing we get, especially when we get press or do interviews, is we get people that always hit us like, oh my God. you know, my kid wants to do voiceover work my or I want to, I've always been told blah, blah, blah. And, and we take those calls. We have consultations for that. But I think the misconception is people think that it's as easy as just like speaking and sending it off. They don't even think about the editing into it, the equipment that or you got to buy. The acting. Yeah, the acting. Yeah. Thing. They don't think about like, you know, the training and the, all the other aspects of voiceover. A lot of people just think that, oh, it looks cool. It looks easy. Oh, all How I can I do it? in a space in my house and right. I can just read a script. That was totally my my conception of it. And I did, I got hired on Fiverr. So it was a previous customer on Fiverr and they were like, we like how you sound. Could you do this one page voiceover thing for us? It was like, sure, piece of cake. It took it was so hard. <laughs> it was like, cause it was trying to read something that you didn't write and right. do it with the right intonations and stuff. It was like, okay, five bucks. I'll, I'll lick, lick my wounds and walk away from that one. Nicole, I meant to circle back. Cause I don't think we finished up on that day in the life. So you're working the nine to five gig at the school. And so you're coming home, you're doing these auditions at night after you put the kid to bed. Yes. So before kid, it was like, coming home from work and tired after dealing with my kids at work. <laughs> but like, all right, I got to do this. I re- really got to grind. So coming home, Dom has like auditions for me or Dom has like, here's the orders you have to do. Because sometimes you get home before me or, you know, uh-huh. sometimes vice versa. So um, just staying up until like one, two in the morning, sometimes just getting voiceovers done and do it all over the next day. Um, it definitely was a, a sacrifice of time. Um, but as we became more like busy and more popular, I would say in quotes, like it got a little easier. So having a kid, obviously, you know, put us in a situation where it's like, we have to be strategic with our time. Yes. So it's like, all right, family time when he comes home and then when he goes to bed, it's on and popping and we both are in the booth and we're both working or both grinding like until we're done when we're done you know so that's the good thing about Don being like not working now because he can take care of all the business stuff during the day and some auditions for him and then we can focus on me when I get home and ready to work working from home helps too because if I if it's a lunch break for me I'll just be like any auditions for me and like I'll do them go back to work so that helps too yeah, you before it's hard to do that as a teacher. Yeah, as a classroom teacher, oh, it's impossible. I couldn't do that. But um, now that I'm in another role, it's just it's easier. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been awesome, guys. I've I've learned a ton. I'm inspired. I don't know, not maybe not necessarily to go do some more voiceover auditions, but I think it's really cool what you guys the picture that you painted in terms of what is possible, the effective hourly rate that you may be able to earn in doing this stuff, especially if it's a skill that you already have. I think in a lot of like theater kids from high school growing up, like, Oh, I have this, I have this talent. It's like, okay, if I could put this in front of a new audience and get paid for that, I think that'd be really cool. But you can find Dom and Nicole at the voiceovercouple.com. Check them out over there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tips for side hustle nation. Nicole, uh, ladies first. Charge what you're worth. Don't ever sell yourself short and, you know, charging someone what you don't feel like um, you're worth. So if you're just starting off, like be mindful of that. There are, there have been times where people have tried to negotiate ridiculous prices and we're just like, no, we're not going to take it. We're not going to do it because we know that that's not what we're worth. So um, just be, you know, just know what you're worth. Very good. Dom, what about you? Uh, my biggest thing is network, network, network. I think in any facet of business, I think that's helped me is creating relationships. And so, you know, making a customer more than just a customer, more than somebody you can just get a dollar off of and making them more a part of your business family and treating them mm-hmm. uh, with that warmth that you treat people with, I think has been one of the biggest things. Don't be afraid to reach out to people, to ask questions, to say, hey, I want to learn from you. Uh, can I have lunch with you? Can I, you know, get on a Zoom call with you? I think in any facet of business, anything that anybody wants to do mm-hmm. as a side hustle or as a passion, you have to be able to willing to learn from other people into um, reach out and have a community of people that can steer you in that direction. I think if you can do that and you can get with the right people, you can be successful in anything. I think business is all about relationships. So, Send Christmas cards. Who do you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so true. The, your network is your net worth in a lot of ways. And I know that's the title of a, of a book that I 
probably read at some point, but I can definitely attest to that. It's the, the people that you know in the space, the people who know you and know what you do and how you do it. And I think that's something that I, I overlooked for a lot of time or a lot of years where it's kind of just heads down working in my business. And when, I don't know, it's kind of like the dig, dig the well before you're thirsty kind of a thing, but I like that mm-hmm. call to network and, and charge what we're worth and really to level up. Cause like not everybody's going to be starting out with thousand dollar gigs, but it's like, okay, I can, I can work my way up to that level. A couple other things stood out to me from this conversation. One was this acknowledgement that it's a team sport and, and personal finance is a team sport where Nicole, you're like, okay, I'll take one for the team. I'll keep working. I'll hold down the steady job with the benefits. You go do your thing. You build this business up. You feed me these auditions as they come in. I really like the call of you know consistency. Every day we're doing these auditions. It's kind of the uh, twenty mile march from good to great, or you know, I don't know one of these Jim Collins books where he talks about this consistency day after day after day versus you know sprint and stop, sprint and stop, like right. okay, you know, keep putting in the work, and eventually good things come from that. And then finally, this call to go where the cash is already flowing. Partner with these marketplaces. Partner with these sure. agencies. Partner with these agents, and all of those will get you in front of the right customers. But again, the voiceovercouple.com. Big thanks to Dom and Nicole for sharing your insight. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. You can head on over to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your completely free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for side hustlers and freelancers everywhere. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.